Views expressed on this program are those of the sponsors and do not necessarily reflect the views of the station. Discussions in this show should not be construed as specific recommendations or investment advice. Always consult with your investment professional before making important investment decisions. Securities offered through Cambridge Investment Research Incorporated, a registered broker-dealer, member FINRA and SIPC. Investment Advisor Representative, Cambridge Investment Research Advisors Incorporated, a registered investment advisor. Indices mentioned are unmanaged and cannot be invested into directly. Asset allocation and diversification strategies cannot assure profit or protect against loss. Past performance is no guarantee of future results. Capital Retirement Strategies and Cambridge Investment Research are not affiliated. Alright, welcome to Plan for Life Now, episode number 49. Oh wow, we gotta plan something we for will. the big... Yes, the big five zero. God, I didn't want to get myself in trouble because I forgot if that's a silver anniversary or not. <laughs> I don't know what it... Is 25 uh, a silver anniversary or is 50 a silver anniversary? I don't know. We will you're, get an you're email. You're closer to those anniversaries than I am. <laughs> I so. We'll uh, get an email about that. But anyway, so it's a big 50th show. Maybe we'll actually no, no, no. plan something for the 50th podcast. Right. So here we are at 49. But yeah, we've got to plan a little something special. Right. It doesn't have to be too much. Unlike but. the zero planning we do for most podcasts, like <laughs> the upcoming one. Right. We have planned. I take that back. We- All right. Hope everybody is doing well out there. We are sitting here uh, January the 10th. And what are we now in the 19th, 20th day of the government shutdown? Um, 20th, I believe. 20th. Okay. And we know that a lot of our clients are either government employees or defense contractors. You know, some way in the D.C. area, you're you're affected or have family members affected yeah. by the government shutdown. It's interesting. When you're not in the government, like we're not, you don't know who's really. I just talked to one of our clients who is DOE, and he's not affected. Yeah. He said they were, they were like, whatever, funded through September, I think he said. Yeah, I mean, there's certain people who are, you know, tagged as priority. Right. You know, my wife works for the Department of Justice, and she only works part-time, so she was not tagged as priority. But it's funny, because in the office, it became this this sort of, I don't want to say competition, but hey, well, why did that guy get tagged as priority and not me? You know? Yeah. And what I do is just as important. It's insulting. And then they go, well, do you actually want to work for this time? No, 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 I don't want to work. <laughs> I just want to make sure <laughs> that priority, I- you get to work and not get paid. Right. <laughs> um, but you know, this obviously impacts a lot of our clients, a lot of the people listening, uh, because not only are you not going to work and some people just kind of going stir crazy around their house, but you're not getting a paycheck. Yeah. And now, hopefully, by the way, it's over when you're listening to this. I, yeah. I sincerely hope when you're listening to this, this has ended. Yeah, but my, it might not have. I, I spoke with my father-in-law this morning who is a retired government employee, but he's very plugged in. And um, you know, his best guess is, well, they'll figure something out next week. Hmm. You know, but that's a guess. I mean, he's just reading the newspaper like the rest of us. He doesn't know anything else. But he thinks that Pelosi's had her time, made her point, and that some of these moderate Republicans will come in and and they'll make a deal. Okay. Well, but, I, I actually hope they come up with something because this is just, uh, especially in our town, this is uh, this is getting to be too much. Yes. But let's talk for a couple of minutes about 
what I consider to be pretty basic financial planning, but it's impacted people over this shutdown, which is this idea, one of the very first things when you're doing financial planning is you want to have emergency cash reserves equal to the standard line is three to six months worth of living expenses. And the whole idea is that money is in savings or money market account, nothing more risky than that, that you can tap into at a day's notice. And if you had to, you could live off that money for six months. Yeah. And that's precisely to prepare for times like these. You never know. I mean, who would think... (laughs) When you think of the most secure jobs, as far as just having your job, right. government job would be on top of that list. Exactly. Yeah. And I mean, you know, it goes beyond preparing for a government shutdown because that's only going to happen ever so every so often. But the whole idea is if you need a new roof, if you have a big car repair, you know, something comes up. Well, what if you get laid off? You get laid off. Remember, that's- this is, you know, hopefully this ends soon. And hopefully it's like all the other shutdowns where you get your pay anyway. Right. Um, retroactively. Yeah, I'm sure they will. But, you know, for a lot of you, you could just get laid off. You yeah. could just, and we have older clientele and older listeners. The, the older you get, the more likely that is. And then what do you do? You have to have that money set aside before you invest anything. And people are more tempted to invest everything. Right. You should have that money just in cash. Yep. And that way, you could withstand. You don't have to be like the the statistic. If you don't know the statistic now, and you live around here, I didn't know it till the furlough. Seventy eight percent. Everybody knows the statistic. Seventy eight percent of people live paycheck to paycheck in this country. Yeah, that's scary. Yeah, and I mean, it's for some people, it's just a matter of having some discipline to set that money aside. You know, even if it means stopping some investing for a month or two, right. or you know, whatever you've got to do to have that cushion uh, of that money available there. Right, because so. then if you look at the domino effect, you didn't you didn't save that money. So what's the first place you have to go into your retirement investments or yeah. stocks or credit card or debt? Credit card debt. Yeah. But think about all that. Building up credit card debt equals negative interest. Yeah. But selling stocks when they're low yeah. equals That's a, great a mistake. Point. That's a great point because right now, let's say that you've got a, a nice healthy brokerage account where you buy some stocks, mutual funds, ETFs, whatever, but you didn't have that emergency reserve and now you need to get some money. Well, if you've got to sell stocks while they're down, you become another one of those statistics of people that sell when the market's down, you know, wait until everything right. goes back up and then they buy in again. Right, it's the argument for protection. Whether that protection is just having a savings, whether you're much older and that protection is things like long-term care insurance. It's all about the same thing. It's about not having to sell assets, retirement assets uh, unnecessarily, but especially when the markets are down and then you you know you've made a huge mistake. All right. I, I think we've beaten that enough because, yep. frankly, I think we're preaching to the choir. I think so, um, but you could tell your friends. Yeah. yeah. Hey, I got to remind you because you're right. Most people who listen to our podcast are way, way ahead of that. Yeah. So let's transition. Let's do something we haven't done in a while. There's the music. There it is. Barry. We haven't uh, done Barry in a while. Yeah. Here he is. 
So, those of you who are long familiar with the radio show... Does he show, still have a syndicated column in the post? Is that why we haven't done... I usually see I, these things, but a lot of times, honestly, it depends if I'm reading the Sunday post. Yeah. When I ram, I go in the business section. It's one of the first sections I look at, and then I see his article, and then I go from there. I'm not an online guy, but I don't know if I've seen a lot of his articles in the post lately. Honestly, I see him on Bloomberg, um, because that's where his, his articles are. So I don't know. Maybe he's not. Maybe I think he might have why. lost that syndicated deal yeah. with the post. Maybe he's not in the post, which is why we haven't done him nearly as much. Well, he's got a column in on Bloomberg, and I'll of course put the link here below the podcast. And I love this every year because uh, you know there's a lot of talking heads, a lot of opinions out in, especially with the internet. Everybody can have an opinion and publish it out there somewhere. And you know, if you've listened to us, you certainly know we don't go on trying to predict things. But there's a lot of people that do. And they're right. going to go out there, make these predictions. And then for the most part, they just float off into the ether. And right. if they get something right, they're, of course, going to rub it in your face and tell you, oh, yeah, look how right I was. But if they're wrong, nah, most yeah. of the time, nobody bothers yeah. to go You know back. what two professions equate each other? Financial, pundit, and weatherman. <laughs> this is true. Or weather woman. Well, but though I would say the weatherman gets a lot more heat because they can say, you know, okay, you said there was going to be snow this weekend. We didn't get any snow. They get heat for a couple of days. The financial pundit can say, oh, no, no, I'm right. It just hasn't happened yet. Right. But it, but if Doug Kimmerer or Top Topper Shut or right. the new guy on Channel 7, if any of them or Supalka, if any of them get something wrong, they say, oh, got it wrong. Oh. And then you forget about it. It's still <laughs> right. the same thing. It's not like, oh, you know what? Sorry, Supalka. You know, you missed the weather forecast there. Pink slip. <laughs> Doesn't work that way. Nah. Especially because Supalka is a Kentlands resident here. So. Really? Yeah. She lives oh, she's a awesome. couple blocks away here. So She's I uh, good I person. Walk, walk by her house with my dog occasionally. All right. So... <laughs> Why I'm bringing that up is because Barry Ritholtz does this column every year where he says where he was right, where he was wrong, um, and particularly focusing on the things that he was wrong on. Um, so let's go through a couple of these here. First of all, he said Trump won't hurt the stock market. Right? Well, that now, one you have to sort of – he helped it and then he hurt it. It would be a good argument. Well – but but here's his point is you know he's written fairly extensively about why you shouldn't mix politics and investing you know and he's done a lot of columns in the past that show returns under democratic administrations republican administrations you know under different scenarios of different world events going on and you basically you shouldn't take that view of so and so is in charge i don't like them so i'm not going to invest but where he says he was wrong is he was basing all of this on having a normal president. And Donald Trump, like him or not, is not normal. Oh, my it's God. He's totally abnormal. wrong then. At least he admitted <laughs> right? that that's what he was basing it on, that he yeah. was just flat out wrong. I could have told him that when he made the original prediction. <laughs> so, you know, he talks about how uh, Trump complained about the Federal Reserve. Um, you know, he ran up a deficit, you know, during a, a boom when normally you'd Either be paying down. Or, uh, I don't think I've ever had a bigger problem with Barry than right this second. <laughs> Whether you like or don't like Donald Trump, who thinks he's a normal president? What percentage okay. of people? Maybe, maybe, uh, <laughs> maybe the whole idea was basically that 
politics shouldn't influence your investing, but Trump is such an ab- aberration that it actually is influencing. Oh, uh, okay. So I, I, I think I went in with the central tenant of he's a normal president. That's not really what I got just what any president, basically, yeah. which um, is true. I mean, when you look at it, plus it's very hard to quantify how anybody, any president, even Trump, affected the last year in stocks. Yeah. I mean, there's too many moving parts to, right. to give credit or place blame directly. Um, second thing he was wrong about, buying emerging markets. And frankly, this is something, this is a story that I've heard, you know, for years and years now. And I mean, we've, we've talked about it with investors. Now, we don't, we don't put a huge percentage of our assets for investors in emerging markets. But for an all-stock portfolio, I think it's something on the order of 8 eight or 9% total. Right. Um, and this has been something where people have said, oh, well, look at the demographics. The U.S. and the, the EU and Japan, very aging populations, uh, lower birth rates. They're just not going to grow like they once did. Look at China. Look at India. Look at Brazil. You know, they've got these higher birth rates, much younger populations, moving from farms to factories, really great storyline. Um, but for the most part, emerging markets have been fairly disappointing. Right. You know, How did emerging markets do in 2017? Well, I was going to say, 2017 being the exception to that, where they were up, I don't have the number, but I know it was 33 35%, somewhere in that order. So they were up quite a bit. But if you look even the past 10 years, they've underperformed pretty dramatically um, to the domestic markets right. in particular. Right. Here's something, this wouldn't be a bet or a prediction, it would be what probably would be prudent advice. Just because something is up a lot in, let's say, the, the last year, mm-hmm. doesn't mean the following 12 months it's going to be like that again. And well, often yeah. it's the opposite. And that that was one of those, you know, when we were sitting down for meetings this year, that was one of my you know, examples of... I stole it from you, that's why. <laughs> hey, look, 2017, this asset was up quite a bit. 2018, it was down quite a bit. And let's fast forward, and early in 2018, what was doing really well was growth-oriented U.S. stocks, large-cap growth, right? So a lot of people were looking at large-cap growth and saying, why don't we put more money into large-cap growth? Well, what really melted down in the fourth quarter? A lot of large cap growth. Or frankly, all the stocks did. But it's just a great example of you can't you can't look at one year and say, well, that's going to do well the next year. You just never know. Um, last thing he got wrong was, you know, he thought there'd be some big spending on infrastructure. You know, we haven't heard much about that. That was a discussion point early on in the Trump presidency that maybe we'd have an infrastructure bill um and that's really gone nowhere right and i'm basically biting my tongue avoiding saying anything political right now but i'll just sort of throw out while we could be spending a lot of money on infrastructure right the only structure we're talking about right now as of today is one structure yeah and that's it and (laughs) it's another reason to solve that and move on to more important matters yeah um, a few other things. He had a couple others. Those first ones that I went through were the ones where he said, I was dead wrong on these. Then he had a couple others where he said, uh, all right, I was a little bit wrong on it. 
Um, so I'm just going to pull out the highlights on this. Um, one was, I guess he made a point of, don't be afraid of October. And he wrote this in September, like September of 2018. <laughs> he said he wrote that investors should, uh, should worry more about September than October based on historical performances. Equity markets promptly went straight down, continuing to fall for the next three months. Um, you know, his point was was basically that September statistically had been worse than October, even though October gets a lot of the headlines because of um, some of the big crashes. Right. <laughs> you know, then the financial crisis. And Don't the these things just mean? Can't you just go? I feel a lot of these statistics for when it comes to this are just random things that will never ever be in a pattern that would go on forever well, that is that's the randomness that's yeah. just like why it's always like in, on the uh, sports gambling for example mm-hmm. if the chiefs are 14 and 2 in the last 16 games as home underdogs they are probably not going to be 14 and 2 the next 16 games as home <laughs> underdogs yet the statistic looks compelling yep well yeah i mean that's you know, one of those statistics that, that shows if an NFC team wins the Super Bowl, then the stock market is positive. You and I have had people ask us about these statistics yeah. over the course of our time working together with clients. What about the but see, well, this statistic? Well, But see, those, you know, if I told you that we're going to base your investing decisions on who wins the Super Bowl, you'd say that's ridiculous. But then there, there are other statistics that would seem much more reasonable but could also just be just as random. You know, you could say, well, if the labor reports come in lower than expected job growth in this quarter, then that's an indicator of X is going to happen. Maybe it is, maybe it's not. Maybe it's just a you know, correlation. All these things are very dangerous yeah. for a regular. And I'm not going to have you explain the following thing I'm about to say. Okay. But you hear it, I hear it, and I say, hmm. I need to move on now. And those two words would be inverted curve. (laughs) The inverted yield curve. What about the inverted Uh, curve? Just don't pay attention to that. Just go on with your life. Yeah, I don't think. We're at 17 minutes right now. You are not going to explain it. I told you. That was my asterisk with that. You're not going to explain it after (laughs) I say it. We're just going to move on. I don't really want to. Um, What are the other things that he sort of got wrong? He said there's nothing old about this bull market. Um, I mean, this is, you know, once again, this is a good point. There's nothing, the markets don't have this timer inside of them that say, well, you know what, the market, the bull market's nine years old, ding, it's it's up, it's over. Um, you know, I we often show this chart to people when we start our meetings where we say, look, bull markets have gone on for three years, they've gone on for 15 years. Right. You know, we're at nine years, it doesn't mean anything. Yep. There's nothing guaranteed that it's, it's over or not. Um, <coughs> and some of the other things that he sort of got wrong had to do with Apple and Facebook, but you know, eh, that's too specific. <laughs> I, I, we like to talk about the broader messages right. here. So, all right. Well, I hope by the time that you hear this, the government is open again. Yeah. You're back to work. I have, I was talking with some friends who are, who are furloughed and they're going crazy. Because this one girl, she she said she painted her bathroom. Um, my wife has cleaned out our basement. She's like organizing everything. They need to get back to work. So Absolutely. For, for non-financial reasons alone, I think that would be good. All right. We will check back in next month, and we're going to have a big celebration plan yes. for the 50th show. Talk to you then.